intro music once again, and we are back with Ship Happens, the unknown episode. No, I just made that up. Hi, Peter Miner. <laughs> Hello, Chris. How's it going? Oh, you know, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, um, you know, la-di-da. <laughs> Usually cheerful for you. That's that's good. So good to hear. New York's being kind to you today, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just <laughs> thinking, you know, in, in the shipping business, is there like an old proverb that says, <laughs> may you get all your packages in a timely manner? <laughs> no, but... Let's start one. I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, yeah. that already might be used by somebody. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's really? see. <laughs> Who would that be? I don't know. Let's. I can think of three companies, well-known companies that do express delivery services that might already have some kind of theme like that. Anyway. Uh, anyway. I was thinking more, more, um, more broadly and more metaphorically. Is that a word? You know. <laughs> Your package you could don't. be anything. You know, your package could be uh, wrapped in brown paper or it could be yeah. some wonderful other thing that's arrived on your doorstep. Anyway. Yeah. So much for philosophy. There um, yeah, that's that, that's what I'll say when I'm banging the table saying, Where's my package? What what's um <laughs> what are we talking about today? You know, I think it's time to like like I, I like this direction we're heading into about keeping it real so max got us started and we talked about real like really how do you how do you ship fireworks really oh uh so uh, so you know and of course it always comes back to for me well there's probably a better way we can do things digitally but you know it's kind of interesting to think about all the ways that we that logistics and shipping and whatever you want to call it is all around us. So that's my thinking is I got, I got a couple stories that I want to share about like real, real shipping, like real stuff that happens. Stories. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. Stories. So you're yeah. a storyteller. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> well, it's a big buzzword these days. You know? I know. I a few know. years ago, everybody and everyone was a curator. Now everybody's a storyteller, but <laughs> I had a I had a boss at well I had a boss at HP who was always really she was she she thought a lot about how to um, have a presence in a business setting and she's the one that said if you can't come up with something clever or witty to say you can always tell a story so anyway there we go so does that mean you can't come up with something clever to say <laughs> yeah clever witty is not my strong suit but telling stories I can do until oh. the girls come home oh yeah. Okay, well, let's yeah. have some cows and some stories for that matter. <laughs> there we go. So, so, yeah. So, so, let, let, can I can I tell this really interesting story about pistachios? Well, first of all, is there a theme to these stories, or are we just uh, yeah. opening a, up storybook? Well, it's um, it has to do with shipping pistachios, mm -hmm. and. And some of the shenanigans that can happen along the way. Picasso, uh, Picasso, pistachio shenanigans. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. So is this uh, like a, a Harrison Ford movie about to be released? 
It's well, you know, you is, know is how that exciting. adventurous is what I'm saying. Well, from a logistics standpoint, yeah, it's very exciting. Okay. All right. Well, let's have the story. <laughs> anyway, you know, and again, along this idea of keeping it real. So, so, so California, you know, is, is a huge producer of agriculture products and California has figured out how to, how to grow and ship internationally all sorts of kinds of nuts like walnuts and almonds and pistachios. And the, they're kind of precious, you know, depending on where they're going to pistachios in particular are um, really valuable. And uh, California, I think is like, I think the biggest producer of pistachios in the world, I, I believe so. So, so if you're going to eat pistachios, they probably were grown in California somehow, some way. And, um, and, you know, pistachios are really popular around the world, right? If you've been to Europe or the Middle East, uh, uh, it's, uh, they're super popular as a garnishment and so forth. Anyway, anyway, so, you know, when something's really valuable, um, it doesn't have to be gold that we're trying to ship gold. It's got its own stories around it, but like pistachios are pretty valuable. So, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where the story begins is somebody, somebody's grown pistachios and got them ready to ship in a big old 40 foot container and sent over to Europe. A 40 foot container. That's a lot yeah. of cubic feet of pistachios. 20 sacks go in there. 20 sacks. That's a lot of mortadella. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know how much like a 40 foot container of pistachios is worth? And by the way, these aren't, these aren't even the ones that are like ready for consumption yet. They've just been sort of dried out and they're still in the shell. Okay. So is this wholesale value, retail value? What is it? Uh, well, this is right. I get at this point, wholesale it's going from a producer to somebody who's going to do something with them. Okay, how much is it actually worth? And how many pounds is it? Well, it's, oh, now I'm going to see. So it's one ton sack, so it's 20 tons. 20 tons. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. 20 tons. Yeah. Um, okay, 40,000. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 100 grand. Well, yeah, double or triple that, yeah, right. So wow, so really, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty, pretty wow. precious cargo. So, um, yeah, so, so, uh, so you know, usually it gets shipped fine and everything arrives okay. But there's one story I heard about where it it didn't go according to plan. So one. One situation I heard about, uh, there was, you know, I said there was 20 sacks inside of the container. And I, I heard a story that at one point, they, the customer in Europe was receiving, uh, opening up the container and there were only, instead of 20 sacks, there were only 18. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so did one of them get off in Cleveland? <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, one of them, yeah, two of them found a new found a new home. Uh, yeah, so it uh, it turned out that the trucking company that was used 
that there was somebody who hacked into the software of the trucking company that was used to arrange for um, pickup of the container of pistachios in California and send it over to the port, port of Oakland. And uh, somebody, somebody was able to hack into the software and reroute the, reroute the truck. Um, okay, now you've lost me. Trucks don't just drive themselves. They have drivers. They do. So, so somebody the driver just followed the directions of the software and didn't know where he was going. Probably driver was in cahoots, you know, yeah. cahoots. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good yeah. word. Cahoots. <laughs> Is there more than one cahoot? Can you do that? Can you just, can, can you be in just, I don't know. You know cahoots, Wait. Or do you have to be in cahoots? No, wait, you're the word person. I, I've always heard it described as cahoots. No. Yeah, that's a good question. No, man, it's only one cahoot. Really, this is a minor <laughs> infraction here. Nothing to see here. Anyway, so there's a anyway. lot of cahoots, and yeah. the, the truck driver is somehow yeah. involved. But why do you need to get into the software? Just tell the truck driver, you know, take that left turn at Albuquerque. Well, that's probably what happened, right? Yeah. So, so, so you don't have to involve software. Well, in this case, it was, but yeah, you could just somehow tell the the truck driver. But if it's all like official in the software, the truck driver is innocent because they're just following the, you know, what the software's telling them. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. So it's the so- blame the software for the. Computer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so. What happened? Is this the next Harrison Ford movie, or or not really? Well, well. So what what the, what happened was that they they couldn't figure it out. Like they shipped like the container with twenty sacks in it, and it arrived with eighteen. And they like, what? Huh? Did somebody open it up at the port? Oh, the other thing is that. Every time you put something into an ocean container, there's a plastic seal that that goes that that goes across the opening of the the two doors, and it's it's a it's a legal way of making sure that the container hasn't been compromised. If that seal has ever been broken, then that container is considered compromised, and then it's a, then it's an insurance claim and. And so on and so forth. So it's very important that this little, it's a little plastic tab that goes between two loops on one on each side of the door. And then, you know, those were all in text. So they couldn't figure out what was going on. So what happened one day is the truck broke down. Yeah. And when they found the truck, it was at this warehouse in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't supposed to be there. It was supposed to be at the Port of Oakland, but it got rerouted down to this warehouse in Southern California full of stolen goods. Hmm. So what these clever bad people did was they figured out a way to lift up the doors of the container, keeping the seal intact, taking out two bags of pistachios, closing back up the doors, setting the container on its way. Only reason that was discovered was when the truck broke down. <laughs> so, so there you go, mystery solved. Not a very effective seal, apparently. Uh, the seal is not actually not meant to be like uh, security. There, I, I there was a startup that I talked to that was trying to 
come up with a seal that would also like secure the container closed. But the seal is meant to be like, anyway, it's, it's also something that's commonly used on trucks as well, but it's, it's more meant to be like, uh, like, um, uh, like a, like a, a label like that's put onto food, right. That says this is FDA approved. So, or, um, yeah, USDA approved. So it's, it's more meant to be like symbolic, not meant to really protect the, protect the container, but yeah. If that's the case, then anybody could come along and open up one of these containers and sounds like a pretty, uh, pretty simple caper there. Well, sure. So that's the thing that, so this is why it's kind of interesting. You know, this is this shipping stuff is like, you think if you look at the next bag of pistachios, you can realize, oh, they're, they're kind of valuable. No wonder I'm paying so much for them. <laughs> it costs it costs a lot to make them, and you know they're expensive to purchase. And apparently, they're very easy to steal. Yeah. So yeah. So this is where you know you and I keep talking about the whole digital thing, but this is where a little bit of digital can go a long way. You know, you can stick a tracker on the container you could use a gps signal to know where it is you could measure the temperature of it to make sure it's you know not getting going some weird place that it shouldn't be going you can route figure out what the route is what about the truck driver i, I mean uh, this person had to be involved shall we say could be could be well how could the truck otherwise get to this certain warehouse the software told it to go to that address and the truck driver was just reading a magazine this whole time well they got the orders uh, on their app on their iphone their app probably they got a, a note that said okay uh, change of destination drive this to x location in southern california somewhere and then wait two hours while the bandits take out a couple of bags <laughs> of pistachios and then go on to the port that makes no sense well, so perhaps the driver is in the cahoots, but you know you got to cover your trail, I guess, and make sure it's hard to get I caught. Guess. They wouldn't have got caught, by the way, except the truck broke down. So that's that's a, that's exciting as I could get around transportation, but it's really you know it's that simple, but it's also that sort of crazy. Mm, crazy. So what other capers of the century? Uh, can you share with us today any other <laughs> dramatically uh i don't know can we, is there a, a story of the stolen apricots for example <laughs> no you know i guess the other story that i keep thinking about because it just came up again yesterday with my husband is about shipping stuff shipping weird stuff like personal stuff um and I, and I guess it's the whole point that shipping is all around this when when you're in the industry you're kind of you kind of get how it all works but it seems a little bit mysterious from the outside looking in. And like um, this had to do with shipping a family heirloom, a 200-year-old spinning wheel. <laughs> spinning wheel? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, what, what do those things do? Like, I know the song. <laughs> spinning wheel, got to go around. Yeah. Well, uh, so interesting. Hmm. Is it for sewing? It's for making yarn. So what you do is you get raw wool. So you shear sheep, you get this raw wool, and you sort of um, you 
you start st- start kind of twisting it into a string, and then you and then the spinning wheel r- goes in a circle, and you kind of wrap the the string around hmm. the circle, and then you build up enough of it that you could actually make a ball of yarn out of it. Well, all right. Can't be a big market for those these days. No, no. You know, I, I had one and my husband had one, turns out, uh, and both family heirlooms. And when we moved and downsized, we decided that we only need one spinning wheel. And so I... Uh, <laughs> we only need one <laughs> spinning wheel. <laughs> by the way, by, by this point, it's only a decoration. It's not even really something you could use. My, my mother had tried spinning yarn with it years ago and um, found it was quite hard. It really. It, it doesn't even work. It works. It works. It's just super hard, super laborious well, this manual so, labor. <laughs> it's totally, yeah. It really makes you appreciate what women did back in the, in the day. Right. When they, all they had was a sheep and some wool and had to make clothes out of it. So. If you're not spinning wool, you're churning butter. So get to work. <laughs> exactly. Well, there we go. Yeah. So, so tell tell me about the the, the tail of the spinning wheel. <laughs> so, so I decided I was going to ship the spinning wheel I had in a little chair that was uh, a wicker based chair that was a chair that would that went along with the spinning wheel. So you you had this sort of complete sort of said none of them could you couldn't sit in the wicker chair because you would ruin the wicker but it was the original wicker 200 year old wicker anyway wait, 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 hold on a second you're no, telling me no. the spinning wheel doesn't work and you can't yeah, sit in the chair works. you can't sit in the chair the spinning wheel would work yes but you can't sit oh in the just chair. It, it works it's just too much yeah. work it's a lot okay. of work yeah exactly but, but but the chair the chair doesn't even work because you'll break it chair exactly <laughs> but it's very old and if you ever, you know, watch Antique uh, Antiques Roadshow, that the whole key is you have the original wicker, 200-year-old wicker makes it valuable. Uh, oh, I see. So that the, the it doesn't actually function as immaterial Correct. as long as it's original. Okay. Exactly. Exactly, yes. Okay. Certified, yes. So, right. so, you know, I had the paperwork for it and so forth. So, so, um, so I decided I was going to ship my spinning wheel to my aunt in North Carolina. Dump it on her. Yeah. <laughs> She actually wanted it. It had a lot of meaning for her. So, so it was good. It was good. It was a good cause. So I, it took me about a year to figure out how to do this. Now, mind you, I'm in the industry. <laughs> so, so I was trying to figure out how I was going to ship this thing. So I talked to some of my uh, customers and <laughs> one said, I can help you with that. I can send a truck to your house, a small enough truck that will, you know, not a big semi, but a small enough truck to your house and all you have to do is just you just have to package the thing up on a couple of pallets so just just get some boxes and kind of shape it around the the spinning wheel and the chair and and put them on a wooden pallet and get it all nice secure and then I'll send a truck over and then you can just put that on the truck and and then we can get it on some kind of truck shipment going to North Carolina and I said great Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And figure how much it weighs. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Well, now where am I going to get the pallets from? He said, I tell you what, just go to your local grocery store, go in the back at night and pick up a couple pallets. They won't notice that they're missing. <laughs> hmm. So, so I, I thought about it for about a year. <laughs> uh, okay. 
it's just a little bit daunting to me. I wasn't too keen about going to a grocery store, local Safeway in the middle of the night and trying to steal a couple of pallets. Just didn't seem like that was like a good thing for my professional reputation. So, so, um, so then I thought, well, surely there are services that will do this. Surely there are. So I Googled it. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a, very swanky store in the in the area that specializes in shipping everything. So I reached out to them and <laughs> went over and shared pictures of what I was trying to ship. And they said, well, I don't know. I'll have to figure out. It's going to require some special packaging. I think we could I think we could do that for about five thousand dollars. Five grand to ship a spinning wheel? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so so I said, thank you very much. And then I thought, well, hmm. And I had gotten to really, I had gotten to know my local UPS store really well. So I, you know, again, in the industry, you know, if I need to ship something internationally or if I need to ship something, which I've had to do, some of our devices that were in Italy, I had to get them shipped from Italy back to me here in California. So I became friendly with the local UPS store and I've had a lot of interaction with them. So. So I called them up and I said, I asked them if they could handle this. And they said, well, bring it in. Let me take a look at it. <laughs> so, so there I am in the middle of downtown, <laughs> taking a spinning wheel and a chair out of my car, <laughs> walking it down the street into the UPS store. Yep. Yeah. And? Well, so, you know, then the, the line's building up because, of course, the they, they have to stop everything they're doing and they have to look at my items and take them out of the poor packaging that it was already in and measure it and figure out what size box would work and see if they could find a box locally. They didn't have the right size box, but they knew there was one at the other UPS store. So, so you didn't have a box? No. You had to get a box. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, yeah. So what so, an adventure. It was a it was a pretty big adventure, yeah. It was so you know got, got it working. It was thousand dollars, so okay. A thousand dollars for a thousand dollars for to ship it, including the shipping. Yes, yes. Oh, thousand dollars for the box, but they'll ship for free. Oh no, no, a thousand dollars for everything, including the shipping. Yes, the slow truck to North Carolina. Yes, so so it all worked. But then my husband last night, he's like, you know what? I think I want to ship my spinning wheel to my son in Hawaii. <laughs> do you have an idea how we can do that? So there you go. You know, it's always an adventure. It's always an adventure in shipping. See? What is his son in Hawaii going to do with a spinning wheel? What? What is his son in Hawaii going to do with a spinning wheel? Well, <laughs> same thing we would do with it. <laughs> I mean, it's a family heirloom. But... Send it to somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this, uh, my husband got the spinning wheel, his spinning wheel from his grandfather who brought it from Sweden, who I think his mother used it. I don't know. So, you know, it's, you know, it's old. It's been used by family. It's... Well, all I know is those things have been out of date for 150 years. I'm yeah, well, <sighs> well, anyway, <laughs> I guess that's mm. the point. You know, like shipping's all around us. It's amazing. It's kind of cool. And it's all kind of dynamic and changing, right? Pistachios, we're going to 
make sure they don't get lost again <laughs> or diverted. Now we're getting it's getting easier to figure out ways to ship other stuff like a spinning. So you know, yeah. Well, if ever I need a spinning wheel, I know whom to call. There you go. <laughs> what would spinning wheels go for? I should do a quick search on eBay. I'm just Good point. Curious. What would anyone ever do with the spinning wheel? Good point. Huh. Maybe somebody makes artisanal spinning wheels, like in Brooklyn. You know. <laughs> Maybe it's one. Of, you know those videos that are about people doing things that are. There is a video. They're like 14, 12 hour long videos. Uh, there's one I saw of women in some Scandinavian country who were, yeah, who were knitting. Right. They were knitting, <laughs> knitting sweaters. And all, all it did was just show like 12 hours of them knitting sweaters. I think they call those real life videos or I don't know. Anyway, they're very like uh, calming. So well, there is a spinning wheel for sale online here for seven hundred bucks. Really? Think of that. Was it? Is it old or new? I don't know. It's a shocked, matchless, single treadle, treadle spinning wheel, four oh. whorls, whatever that is. But anyway, <laughs> twenty-one people are looking after it, and there's wow. a few others here that are going for. You know, a couple hundred bucks. So I oh, guess okay. people like spinning sure. wheels. Here, this is a much easier thing. You can get a little mini one for twenty bucks. It sits on your desk. I That's see. The thing to do. I see. Now that that is a decoration right there. Ooh, here's a New Zealand model. It's only four hundred and fifty-five dollars. Wow. See, you New can Zealand. you can yeah, you should buy you you know you can restart your collection. <laughs> Once is enough. Not really, she says. <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyway. Hmm. So there we go. That's that's the stories for today. Let's see if we can come up with some other interesting stories about shipping stuff, moving stuff around. So today we had spinning wheels and pistachios. What yeah. what uh, what else could what what could possibly follow that? I don't know. Wouldn't it be fun to figure out to learn a little bit more about how like these. Oh, yeah, musical performances uh, get moved around the world. I mean, we're all familiar with Taylor Swift and all the work that goes into moving her concerts around. Wouldn't it be interesting to to learn some more about that? So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we can come up with. That's what I say. I refer you to the now classic episode one of Ship yeah. Happens. You yeah. Know, in case you've not listened to it recently. But anyway. <laughs> um, all right. So that's enough excitement for one day. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I think so. That's good. All right. Well, then, uh, from sunny New York to probably cloudy Monterey. Sunny. 